The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Welcome back to Mash Minute, the 19th, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're so tired. <laughs> We're just trying to have life. <laughs> Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn army, Mash Welcome back to Mash Minute, a movies-by-minute podcast analyzing the film Mash one minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We are guestless but not excited list tonight. Today we are talking about Minute 100. Woohoo! That is amazing. I just blew out my game. That's so amazing. <laughs> minute 100 means nothing in the scope of a movie because hours are 60 minutes long, but it's a really nice number to reach. Yeah. In this case, Minute 100 starts with Duke, a.k.a. MASH number 10, continuing to dodge players as he runs around the field. And it ends with the MASH cheerleaders trying to rally a dejected crowd after the 325th earns another two points. It's embarrassing, man. We get some lovely groaning ADR from Tom Skerritt. <laughs> yes. I'm not really sure how best to cover these minutes for our listeners because it's a football game, but it's also the sidelines. Like, I feel like we're focusing yeah. on, we're trying to give you the full picture of what we're seeing on screen, you know, since that's the point of this format. I do have to say, I love most of my notes that I wrote up are like copying down the closed captioning. Someone goes here. Someone goes there. Sometimes I editorialize a little bit. And I do love the line, the cheerleaders are shouting as Judson ably avoids a tackle and runs before throwing himself to the ground. Referee runs over blowing his whistle. (laughs) Yeah. So Duke, in his distress, (laughs) tosses the ball to the nearest player, who happens to be number 69, Corporal Judson. And we learned something about football today. Linemen are not supposed to have the ball. Oh! At least that's what I'm picking up from the horrified reaction on the sideline. (laughs) Well, are are they supposed to be defense? Well, no, you have linemen defending the quarterback. Wow. We are going to get dragged this episode. Okay, okay. A lineman is a player who specializes in play at the line of scrimmage. The linemen of the team currently in possession of the ball are the offensive line, while the linemen on the opposing team are the defensive Defensive line. line. So there are linemen on both sides. Yes, okay. Okay. And that makes sense. I wasn't, I was only half wrong. Yeah, (laughs) that's how I ended up playing so much football. I was a lineman, and so it was just kind of like, go here, go there. You're doing the same thing each time, just with a different goal. (laughs) Oh, right, and then linebackers are defense. That's probably what you were thinking of. That's probably what I was thinking of. Okay. I don't know the difference between linemen and linebackers, but... Well, no, they I I can guess, though, because there's a second line. Well, according to the linebacker Wikipedia article, it says blah, 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 blah. Okay, behind the defenseman linemen, yep. the, the linebackers are behind the defenseman linemen and therefore, quote unquote, back up the line. Okay. 
Because even as I said, I don't know what they do. I could picture what it looks like when they line up. And I was like, oh, I bet it's those people. See, dear folks, when I would ask my dad how football works, he would kind of explain it to me. And then I would get history lessons on like really random history things. So when I was watching football, I was getting more history lesson than actually knowing what the heck was actually going on in the field. Besides, that looks good. And no, that's not good. Yeah, my mom and her dad were super into sports. They really loved watching sports. That was just kind of like their bonding way to hang out. I knew a lot about the New York Knicks and New York Giants growing up. But I was very little when all this was happening. And then I asked my dad once, like, oh, what teams did you guys root for? And we ended up talking about different cities' philharmonic orchestras. So I think that can kind of tell you where the steel side of the family lay on the (laughs) athletic spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of talks about Nixon. You know. Not all Republicans are bad because of Nixon, Megan. Like, okay, dad. Okay, Dad, I'm a child? Okay, Dad, I mean, I'm Ted and I'm interested in Nixon, but okay. okay. (laughs) I was that kind of geek. I want to say it was sophomore year. I really wanted to learn about the Saturday Night Massacre. And instead of like, because maybe it was earlier, but the movie Dick came out. Oh, yeah. And we, my dad and I thought it was hysterical. And we were talking about like the real thing. And I ended up with this incredible, like two and a half inch thick (laughs) book on the Saturday Night Massacre that was so over my head. (laughs) Anyway, we're not here to talk about Nixon. Good Lord. (laughs) Good Lord. Although this was filmed. But he was. In the spring, summer of 1969. So. So. See, there's our tie back. Right. I've screwed up a Nixon joke on this podcast before. I caught it and it was so quick that I was just like, maybe no one will call me on this, but I'll drag myself. I said, don't change horses in mid-screw. And that is not (laughs) not what the bumper sticker was. It was, don't change dicks in mid-screw, vote for Nixon in 72. Oh, it rhymed nice. (laughs) That was a bumper sticker my dad saw that he was... Very amused by to the point where we were still giggling about it in the 21st century. (laughs) No one is giggling. No one's giggling. Uh, Hammond, maybe at the end of the minute, has a gleam, a glint in his eye. Yeah, well, because he's his team's doing pretty darn good. Yeah, he's the only happy one. Most of this minute is, well, because like I said, Judson just kind of runs and then just falls down (laughs) he just kind of runs down right and then hawkeye yells at him for doing that and he's like but i don't know what i'm because he's hawkeye says judson what are you doing judson i don't know (laughs) and then trapper says what are you doing with the ball and then there's just some yelling and he's yelling it's not his fault (laughs) like he does not know what to do he literally does not know what to do that is not his fault how did you get the ball also not his fault (laughs) not his fault right duke good job um This is not what Judson signed up for, okay? And then they get thrown the ball and they go all the way back (laughs) to their own. Oh, before that, Duke has line, you had the whole field open. What'd you go and fall down for? (laughs) Oh, right. What'd you go and fall down for, right? Yes. All right. So I'm not a runner. (laughs) Yeah. I I do love the ref is like, look, we can't deal with this. (laughs) We can't deal with this. I'm sorry. I can't. Blake buries his head in his hands. Everyone, and Mulcahy pats his shoulder reassuringly, not in a creepy way, like Aiden the Aid oh, does no, to Hammond. Oh, no, no, right. <laughs> Houlihan looks like she's just gonna, like, yell again, like, two points, come on! 
<laughs> oh my god. So uh yeah, the next play <laughs> the next play makes me very happy because the only reason I even know as much about football as I do is that my best friend was assigned to be center. How did this happen? Nobody knows. But Jerry was told that she would be center and she needed to learn how to snap the ball. And thus ensued like a month of Jerry and I in my backyard snapping the ball over and over <laughs> and, and over. over again. We had like the light on the driveway sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was getting a little punchy after a while. And I came up with the line, out of the night when the spotlight is bright comes the center known as Jerry. She snaps like an ace, then falls flat on her face. This center known as Jerry. Jerry, 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 Jerry. <laughs> Junior year was fun. All right. <laughs> it was weird, but it was fun. <laughs> so anyway, back to this football game. I really feel for <laughs> the fact that the center snaps the ball and it just goes way, way. over to Not even close. Nope. Finally picks it up in their own end zone. And then another slight editorial note. At least half the evac team corners and tackles him to the ground behind the goalpost. That's the two points that so distresses Hulan. Yes. And makes Duke throw his helmet down in oh, anger. Oh, he's so done. I go, what the <laughs> hell do you think you are, kid? <laughs> Again... I felt in that moment like I was magically transported back to high school in that in that where I'm like, God damn it. Can we at least keep it in the yard? No, I should say she was very good. I mean, I don't know, like compared to a team made up of semi pros and professionals and Robert Altman, you know, yelling Mm -hmm. action and cut at you. But she performed admirably for high school powder puff. Anyway, and then uh, Trapper's critique is, we got a lot of money on this game. <laughs> like, that's why he's upset. <laughs> but yeah, Trapper is, li- we see, yeah, like you said, Duke throws his helmet, which is pretty crazy. But Trapper is like PO'd. Like, yeah. you are slowly watching him disintegrate in anger. <laughs> and is that because his character is a former college football i mean all of them supposedly played football in high school and college sort of thing right but maybe it's funny because hawkeye immediately (laughs) i'm finding out that the evac had a ringer was like um we need you right now jones get in (laughs) like he did he crumbled so fast in the face (laughs) of adversity (laughs) well because you know money there is a bet on this game Yeah, it's amazing. And I mean, he's not happy, but the distinction, like, Trapper yells multiple times. He is just so PO'd at this point. He sees his winnings slipping away. Right. And we see them updating the scoreboard. I think this might, I I do like the contrast, you know, we've spent most of this movie in the mash. Little side trips here and there, but mostly in that mud. And now seeing this manicured football field. Mm. And the and the crowds, I mean, like, they're all in uniform and there's injured people we're going to see sitting along the sidelines, but everything just feels so much cleaner. Yeah. It's like, oh. It reminded me of Altman said at the, I think it was Altman. Maybe it was Inko. One of the, no, it must have been Altman. They would get notes from the studio, like, because they would send in the dailies and then the studio oh, would send yeah. back notes. And at the beginning of the movie, it was, everything is too dirty. Everything is too muddy. What is going on? 
And then someone must have explained, like, they're going for this realism thing. And enough people probably were vets themselves that they were like, no, like, this looks right, I guess. Mm -hmm. And he said by the end of the movie, not only were they not getting those notes anymore, like, clean up, straighten your uniforms, you know. Yeah. Button those buttons. But apparently they started sending notes to Patton and Tora 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 saying, you should like scuff up things up a bit. <laughs> it looks really good. Trust us. <laughs> huh. That's from either the director's commentary or one of the specials on the MASH Blu-ray. <laughs> I don't remember which one. and I'm not going back through my entire notebook to find it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to save that other note for later in football. And I already told you the one about Donald Sutherland. Being running over and being like, I'm good. Did you get enough I'm shots good. of me in this? Because I'm good. Let's not. Because many of these people were professionals. Right. I mean, he says semi pros, but like, okay. they might as well have been pro in, in yeah. this context, right? Yeah. And even I, I could see how, even if they were trying to tone it down, that might be hard when you get in the middle of it. To- yeah. Yeah. Even toned down, like, it's still playing football against these guys. Right. Like, you're still running into each other. Right. <laughs> and, you know, they're athletes versus, I mean, no offense to Elliot Gould, but, you know, he's mm-hmm. just an actor. You know what I mean? Like, even if he works out, he's probably not working out to the extent that these guys are on a regular basis. And Especially in the late 60s. Actors now are so jacked, like, yeah. all the time, even the skinny ones. I had a, I used to work with someone who had been a, well, actually, so he, he was a law librarian, but he also was a flight attendant. Ooh, that's I'm a still combo. very confused on, like, how that had happened. I dig it. He had some stories. It was great. But one of the things he mentioned was that he had Matt Damon on his plane, and he was like, Matt Damon is huge. Really? He's next to, oh, yeah. He's like, he is just, like, a solid mass of a man. <laughs> and super muscly and taller than it feels like he is in the movies. Like, you always imagine Matt Damon is playing, like, the shorter, scrawnier friend. And he was like, uh, no, he was not. The flight attendant also happened to be homosexual, which wouldn't have bearing, except that the words he was using to describe Matt Damon (laughs) come into play. He was impressed, let's just say. All right. So. Fair enough. (laughs) Good enough. And he was saying, he's like, I can't even imagine, like, them the people who are the muscly action stars. And I mean, Matt Damon's definitely done action. So it's not, like, completely surprising. But that wasn't what he was known for at the time. And he's gone back and forth between. Yeah. Not action and action. And I don't think that was the stereotype of actors mid-century. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, I think they, like, were supposed to be fit and, you know, look attractive, but they didn't have to have... Their six-pack didn't have to have a six-pack, you know? I almost wonder if it kind of flipped, like, you had to be bigger, like a bigger presence early on i mean stage actors would have that would have been an advantage Mm -hmm. yeah and then because i'm picturing in the early movies and like up through world war ii i just almost said the war wow (laughs) that's a bias (laughs) up through world war ii i feel like you had these leading men who were the burly i'm I'm thinking of all those world war ii movies where it's like the burly guy with the heart of gold who's not Mm -hmm. so smart and kisses his sweetheart goodbye as he goes off to war but then at the same time you had the emergence of Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart and I wonder like did that type just take over 
to the point where Donald Sutherland is the romantic leading man. Yeah, like Mickey Rooney and... And then it went back during our lifetime? I could be barking well, up totally well, well, the wrong well, tree. how much of it, too, is that, like, you know, things like the Marvel movies and, like, the Star Wars, it, like, all that action stuff tends to require mm. a more buff kind of That's leading true. man. Do you know With what I mean? With the rise like, of Arnold. And the rise of Arnold, right? I mean, I mean, not that everyone in Marvel is is jacked, but even well, that's not even true because even Paul Rudd, you know, looks a bit more. I mean, Ant Man's not the most muscular Whoa. built man in the Marvel universe, but he's muscly enough. But he's muscly he's enough. Just muscly he's enough. just muscly enough, but or, not too muscly. Or who's the guy in Guardians of the Galaxies? That's Chris Pratt. He's very yes. muscly now. Oh, is he? Okay. He didn't used to be, but now he then he did Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic oh, Park. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, I don't think of him as like as muscly as like Chris Evans or or Hemsworth there. Yeah. I don't. I wonder how much guys. of it's that. <laughs> yeah, and well, and also like I mean, not that there weren't paparazzi or you know that ilk back in the day, but mm-hmm. it seems like with the internet now too, it's like more like even when they're off, they have to be on because there's always a camera somewhere and god forbid you have celluloid this is why i will not becoming be becoming a famous celebrity but then you think of people like judy garland back in the day and you know they i mean they you know there weren't cameras everywhere but but the studio system wasn't kind either did we screw up did hollywood (laughs) used to be super messed up and then it kind of mellowed and then (laughs) starting with the 70s and then building through the 80s and 90s it got crazy again it got crazy in a different sort of way i guess not well not entirely it was called new hollywood it was that's true Anyway, wow, that was a detour. That's okay. It was a beautiful detour. It was a beautiful I enjoyed detour. it. And who knew I'd bring up Judy Garland, right? <laughs> From Judy Garland <laughs> to Johnny Unitas. <laughs> da, da, da. Because I'm sure people who know more about football at this time, looking at this list of uncredited, it just, it'll say uncredited actor, dot, 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 football player. Or no, it'll say the name dot 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 football player. Some of them specify 325th evac. Uh, and then Superbug gets his little tip of the hat. Right. 88 is identified by his number since he's a little bit more involved. Mm-hmm. And then parentheses uncredited. But even I recognized a name. <laughs> Famous football person. I don't know where he is on this field. Maybe someone who knows more about football can clue us in. But according to IMDb, Johnny Yu is on this field playing football. Hmm. I knew nothing other than that. He is very famous football player. And when I worked at Borders, there was a biography of him out that I feel like I shelved and face out seven billion times. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture its cover perfectly. But everyone is wearing helmets, so I'm not sure where he is here. (laughs) He was a famous cult before they were the indie cults, and that becomes a whole thing that I actually find a lot more interesting than most football stories, because it's just just guys being super melodramatic Mm. about their hurt feelings about the cults moving to Indianapolis. But yeah, that was, I like I said, I have a couple more things about them filming on the football, but I'm going to save that. We got time to spread that out. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I'm I'm just like number one. I'm just super bug. I'm sprinting right out of the gate into this game and Hammond's got to tell me to ease up. 
How many more minutes we got? Uh, we football. got a football. Um, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten, eleven, eleven seven. more minutes. Thirteen minutes of football, guys. And that bleeds into the other minutes. And we had two minutes of football practice. Right. Three minutes of football practice. So, like, this is a whole act. This is a whole act in this movie. I think it's funny. My dad always said, like, he found the football game really boring, and I always really loved it. Huh. I just, you know what it is? There's loud music going. (laughs) There's loud Philip Sousa going. I've been known to become emotionally overwhelmed by a Memorial Day parade and cry. I may cut this out of the podcast. Never mind. (laughs) I like music played loud. Okay, moving on. I did not mean to say how long the football was in a disparaging way, because there are things I like about it. It's got the little whirly sound coming up that I enjoy so much. (laughs) And it's got some funny stuff where we don't have to... I mean, it's got some quote-unquote funny stuff where we have to think about, like, a patriarchal society and blah, blah, blah. But it's also got some funny stuff that is just, like, this is not against women or anything. It's just, like, Mm -hmm. this is just a gag for the sake of a gag. And (laughs) I appreciate that at this point. Yeah. I think it was the book Stranger in a Strange Land where the alien is trying to understand laughter and he finally comes to the conclusion that you laugh when someone else suffers misfortune. (laughs) And the problem with reading that as a teenager is you can't stop thinking about it. (laughs) Right. Anyway, that's some food for thought for the weekend. I can't leave us on a down note, though. I mean, I mean you that's could. not really a down note. That's like a philosophical note. Oh, okay. Defense. I was going to say, it's MASH. You, you could leave it on a down note. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. MASH has to leave you confused and bewildered. Oh. Oh, right. But like, not, or both. not in a bad way. Down confused, and bewildered. Confused. <laughs> no, no. I think it's more of a what did I just see feeling where you're not sure if you're down or not. It's a it's an interesting. I I don't know. I kind of like its weirdness. Like, I like that we have this weird entire act of a football game. I think it's funny that this happens in the book, too, which we'll talk about next week. Oh, yeah, we should talk about that next week. Yes. We have to save some notes. Like we said, we need to pace ourselves. Right, right. And speaking of pacing ourselves, we started releasing episodes and we have stuck to our schedule. I'm really proud of us. I did learn a lot about editing after we started releasing episodes. (laughs) So in the interest of pacing ourselves, I am not going to give a date that this will start. But once we are done releasing MASH Minute, I am going to go back and remaster those early episodes. You're so kind. So if people were really upset with the quality of the interviews with Hal Bryan, Tom Taylor, Heidi Bennett. Those are the first three whose names I saw the most, but there were many, many others. I am going to remaster MASH Minute. So there will be a, I don't know if we want to call a director's cut. What did they call it when they like redid The Godfather and cleaned it up? Was it just? And it was really funny because they like brightened it. And then Francis Ford Coppola was like, no, no, it's supposed to be dark. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't understand. (laughs) That's not actually like, no, 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 no. I did that on purpose. Put it back. (laughs) You can clean up the grain, but put the color tone back. (laughs) 
Um, but basically, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not changing the content. I'm not changing the show. I just want to make it sound better so that when people like freaking Jeff Maxwell from the TV show start following our podcast, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to worry that he's going to play episode one and give up on it <laughs> because... It's not the best quality. So I will, I'm going to have to find out if I can just replace those as is, or I might actually just do a re release and <laughs> just re release the episodes in order. But that is all forthcoming. And like I said, we are learning a lot about ourselves and time management and project management <laughs> doing this. So I don't have a date for that yet. We will obviously announce it. You know, the information will be on our website, mashminute.com. I will put stuff up on our Facebook page and in our Facebook listener group. I'm sure we'll put something on our Twitter, Mash Minute. So there will definitely be information about this if it's something you're interested in. If you know someone who was thinking about listening to Mash Minute, but there are just too many podcasts in the world and they need a chance to catch up, catch up <laughs> that might be a good opportunity to do it. So I'm just throwing that out into the universe. Ta-da! I just did all our plugs. And we don't have a guest today. I'm so sorry, Megan. I didn't leave you something to plug. Oh. Darn it. Should I plug something? Uh... Hmm. Sleep? Sleep. Can we plug sleep? Sleep is Sleep amazing. is wonderful. Sleep is wonderful. Um, this podcast brought to you by an appreciation for sleep. sleep. There you go. Coffee? Also brought to you by coffee? <laughs> yeah, actually, this episode brought to you by a lack of sleep. But not a lack of coffee. Although I have tea, not coffee. So oh, I have seltzer because I'm I have to go grocery shopping at some point. Well, I used to go on my days off. Now I don't have a day off. <laughs> <laughs> what are those? What are those again? I'm confused. I don't understand. <laughs> well, we are going to take the weekend to recharge. I hope this is a Friday episode. I think it is. It's it's not. It's a Monday episode. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> It's the most mo- Monday is Monday episode ever. <laughs> right? Like, we thought it was a different day. And then you're like, crap, it's Monday. Oh, no, we were doing a Friday and it was 100. I remember being really excited about that. But I now look at the. It's definitely not a Monday episode. You could totally cut it. I kind of don't want to. I kind of want to be honest with our audience that I was that. <laughs> Dear Starbucks, send us coffee. <laughs> <laughs> or cake pops, or... Well, now that I'm looking at the air date of Monday, November 18th, I will say that the holidays are coming up. If you would like to send Starbucks gift cards to your host, let us know. <laughs> I also enjoy the cake pops, so it could be used on cake pops. Oh, dude, I enjoy everything. I'm excited the holiday drinks are just about back. They're back now, actually. They just came out. They're back. I have a holiday cup that I got for getting a grande the day they were giving them out. See, I found out about that the day after, and it was so sad. Oh. It's okay. Brought to you by coffee. Brought to you by coffee. (laughs) All right. We'll be back tomorrow, (laughs) son of a bitch. (laughs) Tuesday. It's going to be Tuesday. And we will talk about more MASH then. (laughs) More football. Ah! Uh...